What is going on, beautiful people? Welcome back to another week of Respect the Game podcast. My name is Edward, raised after three Trello G's and my pops, my mom and my grandmother. Please make sure you go follow at Emacs Stats for all your up-to-date high school, collegiate, and pro sports coverage. Will not disappoint. I'm going to keep you up to date. You can follow me on all social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And as always, I am Nathan. You on this podcast without my brethren. So, fellas, introduce yourself to the people. Hey, man, Sean Hart is all charismatic, good excellence at its finest. That's Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud, Snapchat, Cash App, you name it, man. Let's go. Yo, it is the host with the most that blows the most smoke. Black piece, the rap plug, the hip-hop plug, you already know. Be sure to check me out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, we're talking smoke podcast. And, uh, yeah, we're keeping it 100. Let's go. Good afternoon, beautiful people. My name is Sedacious Xavier Miles, and on behalf of me and my brothers, I want to say thank you so much for tuning in and for listening. We love you all very much. Take it away, bro. Definitely. And uh, shout out to our brother, Christian, controversial coach Johnson. He's not on the pod tonight. Salute and shout out. Happy birthday to his lovely wife, <laughs> Miss Jordan. Um, so, yeah, uh, Coach Johnson definitely uh, God said it's I ain't be back next week and uh, give us some more good conversation on the NFL uh, after the divisional round this upcoming weekend. This podcast, we have a really great podcast. I think our podcast has definitely, definitely grown in terms of just our chemistry, our bond, our conversation, uh, our content, what we produce out there on social media, our videos, and so on and so forth. And this podcast isn't necessarily a nasty podcast, but we're about to get into a very nasty conversation. <laughs> we're definitely about to get into a nasty conversation. Some may know, some may not know the pastor, Mike Todd. I believe he is the pastor of a transformation church. I believe that's the name of the church. He went viral over the MLK holiday three-day weekend because... Literally, literally, not figuratively, literally, in every in every sense of the word, literally, brought a man on stage for a demonstration of his scripture uh, that he was preaching and spit in his hand, uh, took the saliva, the DNA out of his mouth and spit it into his hand and wiped it on a church member's face. Didn't dot it, literally, literally rubbed it in his face as if it was lotion, as if it was men skin health care as if it was beard balm. Sorry for the uh, visual. Oh, I'm giving you the visual for those riding who may have not as saw it and don't want to see it, but just trying to paint a vivid, uh, unfortunately, alarming picture for those listening. So Mike Todd, now what scripture he was, he had going on, I believe people were saying he was in his demonstration of his sermon of doing the spitting in his hand and rubbing it on this man's face. He was referencing the scripture, talking about God, uh, Jesus spitting in his hand and healing this blind man's eyes. If you go to scripture, I know there's two scriptures, John 9 and 6, it talks about that, as well as Mark 8 and 23, if you want to go back and look at those scriptures. Um, and also the premise of his uh, 
I know, I guess I'm assuming the theme. I didn't listen to the whole sermon, just saw the hot tape or saw that clip was him spitting some this man rubbing his spit in this man's face. The theme of that moment, or maybe the overall message was receiving vision from God may get nasty. Um, receiving vision from God might get nasty. And so when I first saw that, I was just like, so did you proclaim the feeling your spirit that God told you to do this? And you was trying to say, well, God, is pretty nasty. And you're trying to say, well, do it anyhow. I don't mm-hmm. know. But whoever wants to take that first, um, yeah, feel free. <laughs> well, I'll I, I, I direct the test today first. I know before the podcast, I don't want to misquote you. You clean it up yourself. You like you were saying, you kind of rock with it. I have, I do have uh, simply because we live in a censored world and, you know, everybody's sensitive to everything. So, of course, you're going to get it. They're going to blow it out of proportion. Me personally, you know, I feel like, you know, if if it didn't come and meet you, if this wasn't the message for you, then, hey, just move on. But you know, we all try to take on the role of God and we pass judgment. It's just human nature. It's what we do. But I mean, I, I got it. I understood. Now, the only the only reason why I would condemn it is because we are living in COVID times and it's like pretty unsanitary. But as far as like trying to drive a message through, trying to, you know, trying to get the body of Christ to understand how things can get and how things will be, you know, I feel like you know, I felt like, you know, it was it was a good effort at, you know, trying to convey a message or try to drive something home for a body of Christ. But like I said, granted, it is nasty and it's, and it's unsanitary. But, you know, like he said, man, sometimes it get nasty. Sometimes it get gritty. You know what I mean? There's going to be one person that understood what he was trying to say, even though the rest of the world feels like he's a nasty. I'm sorry, Edward. We're trying. Sorry, you know, we're trying not to curse, but that's that's what's important to me. Is that one person got the lesson and the message from whatever it is that he was doing, even though he had to go viral and he had to issue an apology. So you know, I'm one of those people who you know, what I'm saying, I'm not, I'm not soft, bro. Like it is what it is. You know, what I'm saying, how do we know that that man didn't get paid for doing that? He wasn't like, hey, I need to use you. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna break y'all. But, you know, because I don't think that it was a random dude. He was like, hey, you, come in. I'm, I want to show everybody something. I don't think that that happened at all. Um, I'm going to just jump in right there. Um, so my stepfather, as you as you all well know, um, you know, holds That's that same occupation as a pastor, um, but has yet to spit in his hand and rub it in someone's face. But So um, it may not be related, but that being my pastor too, Isaac, I do vividly remember, obviously it's nowhere near on the scale. And I, I, I was young, so I don't remember the scripture that was around it, but I know it was definitely about being humble and taking being the shepherd of leading us in his church when he had washed everybody's feet. Oh, man, now that was spiritual. Right. Yeah. Like even seeing him cry, you know, while doing it, um, 
that was impactful. I don't even know how you leave somebody after that in regards to just <laughs> their, their shepherd, their shepherdhood and their, you know, them being able to just watch over your soul in that pastoral capacity. But um, I just recently uh, began to follow Mike Todd. Though his heart, I feel as though it was in the right place. As humans, we fall short. Probably the wrong type of demonstration to do so. There is no reason on God's green earth on why Mike Todd could not have gotten a water bottle or a cup of water and poured a little bit in his hand. And he could have been, uh, this is symbolic of God's spit in that scripture. If he wanted to really get down to the nitty gritty of that, he could have came at it on a symbolic way, but I don't know, a part of me saying maybe, you know, how the old adage, you know, within the market and saying, um, you know, there's no such thing as bad publicity, but when you represent God and we're trying to get a message out there, you know, quite literally, there could be a such thing as bad publicity. And that could be another thing. See, they won't go to church right there. They do what you like that, bro. Like, you ain't finna spit on me, bro. I swear to God. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you kind of get feedback and, and, and different you know, things like that being said, but heart in the right place, yes, but even when we take the Lord's Supper as a as a proud Christian, right, we're not really drinking blood and eating of God's actual physical body. That would be cannibalism. That would be disgusting. It's a representation. It's a symbolic notion of, hey, this is, you know, this is reverence of, you know, us remembering what you did for us you know, back on Calvary. So I think in the spirit of that, Mike Todd could have definitely, you know, used water or, or something else. He could have lotion, even though that probably would have went viral too. But it's like, dude, you could have did anything but spit, especially in the time with COVID, bro, because you coughing up a loogie, which suggests to me you have mucus in your body. And mucus is a telltale fact that there is some type of disease, whether that be allergies, ailment, COVID, whatever. Like, dude, nah, bro. Uh, I don't know if you go with Darnell, but before, uh, before we continue it. For, yeah, well, I want to. Hold on, I'm going to just play as a pause for everybody uh, who, who may not have heard it yet. Uh, for the listeners, I'm going to play as a pause. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I hope you're having an amazing Monday. I just want to acknowledge uh, what happened yesterday when the spit hit the fan. I watched it back and um, it was disgusting. <laughs> like that was gross. I wanna validate everybody's feelings um, that that was a distraction to what I was really trying to do. I was really trying to make the word come alive and for people to see the story. But yesterday it got too live and I own that. And um, I just want to make sure people know that we want to help people. We want people to see Jesus. We want people to feel loved. We want people who are desperate to be able to find hope. And I'm passionate about that so much so that I try to do extreme things to help people get it. And yesterday it crossed the line. So um, I love you guys. I appreciate everybody that's been praying for us and sending us messages. And to anybody who just saw that three minute clip, I really encourage you to go back and watch the whole message. There's some truth and some life in there that could potentially change your whole life. Um, when Jesus uh, spit on that man, he was blind and then he could see. Um, for my brother who I love and uh, honor so much, 
I just called him. He was bald before I spit on him, and he's still bald today. So no miracle here. And uh, so next time I'll rethink and do something differently. I love everybody. I'm praying for everybody. And uh, Transformation Nation, thank you for writing. We're going to represent God to the lost and found for transformation in Christ. All right, everybody, have an amazing week. Peace. Man. Well, I wanted to say, but well, I wanted to say that's pretty much what I felt the direction he was going with it. And we live in 2022 now, and things get dramatic. For Christ's sakes, um, people are getting murdered on video, and you know a lot of dramatic things are happening. On kind of, you know, just quote unquote viral things that are happening. Now, am I saying he's trying to compete with being viral? Not necessarily, but. He's trying to compete with the attention of the, 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 the attention level that people are, are are catered to at the end of the day, you know. So I felt like, you know, I do feel like it was a bit over the line, but I do understand exactly where he's coming from. He was making it dramatic enough to where you can put your phone down. He's making it dramatic enough. Excuse me. He's making it dramatic enough where you can stop thinking about what you were thinking about before. You know, was it like I said, was it cross that line? Absolutely, but I understand where he's coming from. In his apology, in his apology video that's on Twitter, somebody put in the comments, <clears throat> somebody put in the comments for his apology video, he's spitting facts. <laughs> oh yeah, Twitter undefeated, man. They ain't, you ain't gonna defeat nobody on that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> But now, you know what I love about it? I love that he really didn't apologize at all. I really, I like that he just was like, you know, your feelings are valid. You know what I mean? It's just, it just is what it is. But, you yeah, know. You got, I feel like you got to own it to figure out what you're saying, uh, Javier. Definitely got to own it. It's a certain level of accountability that he displayed that was genuine. Um, yeah, right intent. Wrong, wrong way of going about it. So, <laughs> I thought it was intentional, though. I ain't gonna lie, man. But, but that is true as well. But man, shout out to Mike Todd, man. I, I've uh, just in my personal walk, um, and me just seeking God. Um, I, I found God speaking to me through Mike Todd, um, through various videos that may have popped up on my timeline, whether they were reposts from some type of, uh, you know, Christian esque page on Instagram or whatever the case may be. So. Um, he definitely has a powerful word in him, so I, I would charge anybody, like, you know, um, if you try Christianity for the first time, you know, don't write us off thinking that we spit on people, and that's, like, the the, the going notion. No, um, just, you know, desperate times, I believe, calls, you know, for desperate measures, but everything, even in the Bible, then this is scripture, right? Uh, all things in decency and in order, and I think God would agree that that may have been a little bit out of order, you know, but hey, we all make mistakes. So I'm not here to condemn them and tear them down. So. And like, to piggyback off Isaac, if you are new in your walk and you're trying to come to Christ and you're trying to find a spiritual leader, whatever be the case, in doing that, understand that Every pastor, every minister, whatever you would like to call them, isn't for everybody. Whereas I've seen some of Mike Todd stuff, I probably maybe like watch maybe like 
two or three of his sermons like before in the past. And I see clips on social media and his way of going about his sermons when it's like theatrical and he's running on treadmills and he's lifting weights. To me personally, it comes off as like kind of gimmicky for me. But Shinehart Izzo saying, yo, God speaks to me through him, like just lets you know, like certain certain messages or certain passages like are not for everybody. So if you are turned off by Mike Todd, every pastor and minister isn't a Mike Todd. You can go find another pastor or minister that speaks directly and specifically to you. Um, right? Yeah. It may be more traditional. One may be more. Yeah. Um, and also too, right? Even 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 when the underlining thing, vision from God might get messy. That's true. You can you can separate the message from the messenger. Like that's possible as well. So 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 yeah yeah. He's still human, people. He is not without faults. <laughs> true indeed. True indeed. Um, Do not spit on people. Uh, Unless they want it. Quickly, but get this book, Lord. You gonna have to edit that Unless one. I'm sorry, but I will say this. I will say this. Uh, this scripture was intriguing in terms of what uh, came up. Uh, just throwing it out there. It made nothing. Just throwing it out there. So think about think about the scriptures of uh, Mark 13 and 22. And I'm just reading the scripture, but like guys like him who or I already have mega churches. They're already like giving just a bad a bad rep for being oh that's some cult type stuff and da 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 and so on and so forth. And like I say, for me, it his his form comes off as gimmicky, and I kind of just be like but, gimmicky. I don't. I respect your opinion, but I feel as though it's almost like what Darnell was saying, like in today's day and age, like. Bro, people have the attention span short as a, a rodent, bro. Like, people, literally, you grab people's attention, and it is not kept for 15 seconds max. So it's more of a thing to, like, hey, let me do something that's captivating to the eye that is a bit different to kind of grab you in, and then hopefully the message of God can kind of keep you there in regards to my whole purpose and intent of speaking or you know, whatever demonstration is going on. It worked with us. Right. They like to speak. They worked with us. <laughs> <laughs> we got the message, but now everybody don't get the message. <laughs> Dude, I, I think pastors themselves can be I know we're okay, Edward. We get it. I saw your face. <laughs> no, I didn't. I just didn't want to keep being a dead job. I think who is offended oh, yeah. and feels some type of way about Mike Todd. I think it also has a lot to do with where you are individually in your spiritual walk with like God. But yeah. <clears throat> so basketball, Brooklyn Nets have developed the Netiverse, as they like to call it. Some of those people may be familiar with the metaverse and that going on in Facebook and Nike and so on and so forth. So the Brooklyn Nets are the first team to 
developed a metaverse within their arena for game for basketball games, have a hundred some plus wide cameras all around the court, which feeds which feeds all this electronic type stuff into a 3D monitoring system at whatever studio, and then that gets feed it into a, a metaverse. So, and you could find, I don't know if they're developing or, or if you can currently actually go into that metaverse space, but they're doing that and you can get live game action inside of this metaverse for whatever game is currently going on. And talking about it now in my mind, I'm like, wow, that'll be hella dope. Like you go to the finals or whatever. So like all this it's uh I don't I wanna say it's not simulated because it's the actual like live game. Live game. But but yeah, the Nets are the first to do that. It, it's been going, I won't say it's been going on, but the NBA had been promoting this uh Oculus uh, virtual reality headset. I don't know if y'all like caught those commercials uh, for a while. I wanna say they kind of was pumping it heavy during the playoffs. I believe it's called Oculus, and you could be courtside, put this here. Is it Samsung? Because I believe Samsung is a partner. I think Meta or uh, I think Facebook made it or Google. I want to say Google, but I'm not, I'm not, don't, don't quote me. I wouldn't have my life. But yeah, so the Nets are doing this, and sounds pretty dope from like where the world is headed with metaverse and so on and so forth. Y'all thoughts on that? I think it's gonna be fire. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna come to a point in time where it's just like, damn, Edward, I forgot I gotta work. Do you want courtside my, my tickets courtside met metaverse? Yeah, you can have them. And then, you know, I give you the code, and then all of a sudden you're right there courtside, or you're on the court watching James Harden cross somebody over and shoot a three. Right now, from what I saw with the nets that they have right now, the 3D graphic. And the feed going back from what the, what the cameras are showing them at the live game. Right now, the graphics look like 2K12, 2K13. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. Like, they keep perfecting it. But yeah, but you right there in the game. Though. I'm looking at live in KD right now. That'll be you right there in the game. I think visually, it's a different feel from us seeing a like almost third person from our phones as opposed to literally being in it and then it, you know. Right. 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 But my thoughts on it, I'm going to go a little deeper than than uh, my boy X-Man did. My fault, I'm having fun with Sedacious name tonight. I don't know why. Uh, but I would prime people to go watch The Matrix again because though The Matrix came out around 2000, 2001, I believe. It's really a documentary um, for life as we're about to know it. 2020 uh, was one of those years where um, it was an important and pivotal year, not only in American history, but I believe just world history, because I believe that was the first chapter and the first official unveiling of the digital world that we're about to kind of cross over into threshold-wise or threshold-speaking. And I said from, from this premise, and I'm going to try to be quick. If you go back and watch The Matrix, how Neo and Trinity got plugged in, and every time they got literally plugged in into this digital world, right, you know, their clothes were nicer, more pristine, more, you know, cut. They were able to download fighting programs. Hey, I need to know Kung Fu. Man, the dude was 
that was back in the real world, downloaded a, a, a whole Kung Fu file for Neo and Neo instantly became like this master, you know, at like 2,200 different martial arts styles. And though a bit hyperbole going on as far as exaggerations, but essentially that's kind of what's going on, right? Like if you look at their clothes from the outer space, like if you kind of look at 2020, right? People work from home, you know, majority of the time, right? And now comfort wear is becoming a huge part of everyone's day-to-day -day life. Not saying people don't care about, you know, what they wear as much, but we're, we're I think we're starting to turn the corner and swing the pendulum of, hey, um, I think people more so are um, concerned with how they look online, with actually how they look in real life. And you would kind of, you know, like really come to a census on that just due to the fact that look how many people walk down the street or, or just be a, or in any social event and count how many people got their phone in their hand, right? And how how glued they are to it. And I just think with all that accompanied in, man, we just, we we literally ushering and stepping into that space. One The first person um, in one of these um alternate or virtual realities just bought some virtual real estate one of the first purchases of virtual real estate in world history right and i believe it went for like half a million or close to a million dollars and it was a, a state virtually next to snoop dog in his in some type of metaverse there but anyway yeah man the the future is now type shit future definitely is being televised and people need to wake up you know it's definitely in face man in addition yeah. to going back to watch The Matrix, like Sean Hart is always saying, I would also <clears throat> charge people to go watch Ready Player One. If y'all haven't seen that, that's a good uh, good movie. Kind of go go hard. What's going on with the metaverse, the simulation of the metaverse. And that came out maybe 2019 before like the pandemic. And you look at where we are now. So Ready Player One is another good movie. Ready Player One to actually get you excited for a metaverse, bro. <laughs> and, and bro, honestly, I think, like, because I, I actually haven't heard of that movie. Y'all gonna have to put me on and talk about that off camera. Um, but I'm gonna definitely go watch it. But honestly, bro, I think it's, it's gonna come to a point because reality as we know it, right, it's just a it's just a well-known and accepted theory of, hey, this is reality. But what if we got to the point, right, in the world to where when we woke up in the morning, the first thing people do is they put on a, they put on a reality goggles or they, or they're stepping into reality. And who's to say the physical world turns into how we view the digital world now, right, as an escape? What if people want to escape reality by, let me take off my goggles and you know, go be in the physical world, but nobody cares about the physical world anymore, but everyone has already transitioned into the metaverse. I, man, I think it's... You need to go watch Ready Player One, bro. Everybody... And minus what you were just saying, Isaac, with the metaverse and the goggles, like, that's already been people's MO psychologically when you get off work and you just want to go play 2K or Madden or... or 
whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you kind of, let me try to buy a skin. I'm going to go play 2K back of court. I've really never been a hooper in my life, but I know how to work these sticks. And you got people building hand uh, sensors to go into the metaverse and be able to so you can actually feel. And then right. you got your boy Elon Musk create Neuralink, an actual chip in your brain. That's a little too far. Oh man, hey man, hey, I want I want our audience to look up transhumanism. I don't want us to get cut down on our podcast before we get started, so I ain't gonna say too much. But man, no. hey, that is real, people. It's and it's around yeah. the corner. They try to they try to clone you. They, they try, try to, to they integrate try to humans longer. with technology into a full force unison or union rather to where you, you know it's gonna be inseparable. It's gonna to be to the point where you can't have one without the other. Yeah. Hey. gonna be able to live for five thousand years because his brain is uploaded into the database. Yeah, right. And they, hey, they get you in that mainframe yeah. over with. Yeah, man. Uh, so, Kanye was Pete Davidson, the game. I don't know for people who may or may not have seen Kanye West going viral saying, hey, today my daughter's birthday. They won't give me the address so I can spend, my, spend the day with my daughter's birthday. Then he just recently dropped a song called Easy with the game. He was featuring on uh, the game song called Easy, making a disc at Pete Davidson <laughs> where he said, God saved me from that cat. That, yeah. God saved me from that crash just so I can beat Pete Davidson's ass. So, uh, I was, and for those who don't know Pete Davis, Davidson, yes, he is dating Kim Kardashian, but Pete Davidson is also a very funny comedian. He's on Saturday Night uh, Live. He's on TV shows and movies and so on and so forth. Um, He's more famous for dating Ariana Grande than as of recently Kim Kardashian. True indeed, true indeed. And he being an advocate for uh, suicide um, prevention and things of that nature as well. Right. So, so yeah. Um, are y'all familiar with the Kanye? No, are y'all familiar with the the game song where he was like rapping about? Okay. All right. So, I'm just. You all over the place. I'm over. I'm I'm over like Kanye, bro. I I think for okay, while, okay. I try to put myself. I'm like, you know what? I don't make enough money as Kanye to like understand like what mental problems or what like what his world looks like for me to even judge. Nigga ain't got no problems. Bro. I don't think it's that serious. I think it's I think it's that simple as, you know what? This is how it transitions from a what eight year marriage to a divorce with four kids this is what happens you know what i'm saying especially when you have money he's even said it straight up like that i'm a billionaire what do you expect me to do i have the, i have the ability to be able to buy a house across the street from my wife you know what i'm saying i can do whatever i want with it because i'm a billionaire so he did Ex that he wanted to be closer to his family you know what i'm saying ex-wife of course and at, the, and at the end of the day i feel like that's some creepy stalker shit though you know no 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 People gonna look at it from that standpoint because it hasn't been done and they don't have the ability to do it. That's like true. it's not at that point. He's transitioning from 
he's transitioning from a bad breakup and his from his point of view and being away from his kids to all right now i gotta move on now i gotta do this and guess what he did to help him move forward he got with a person that publicly has said that he has slept with his wife you know hopefully before they got together and he said you know what i'm over this I'm moving forward. I've got a new girlfriend. I'm doing songs with people that have hit my my ex-wife. You know what? People are looking at from the brighter side. Even the verses that he dropped in there, he's going to have the best divorce ever. It's like, bro, he's looking at it from the bright side. It's not as bad as people are making it out to be. He's he's actually moving forward. This is steps that he's so moving like, you know, I'm forward out. I don't like the, the new dude. that your ex-wife is dating somebody else. <laughs> moving Actually, yes, being stuck absolutely. in the past and saying, nigga, I'm gonna buy a house right across the street from me. man. You ain't no ain't no break no. with me. You talking about it. come on, bro? Kids, no, that's bro. for the kids. Come on, dog. Ain't no kids, bro. You can still live in the same city and still see your kids all the time. In the black community, the street from that's in the weird. black community, it's a stigmatism <laughs> for the black community. You know no, that, bro. No. Okay, yeah, think, yeah. About this. think about this. So. My mom and dad were not married when they had me, right? So that's like saying my dad fucked up, can't get over it, right? Then my mom got married to somebody else, and he like, you know what, man? Hey, man, I'm finna move for the move back to Houston, and you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna buy a house right across the street from the nigga, so I can come raise my son, so I can be close to my son. That's overkill. That's overdoing it. But it's for the stigmatism of like he didn't have his father there. Yeah, opinion. facts. But at the end of the day, he didn't have his father there, and he felt like, man, what if my father was just there? How would I would have turned down? And, you know, how would that would have affected me in my future? So it's like it's not even about the I fact that like, oh, you know, Kim this, Kim that. It's like, no, nah, man. In the black community, you know, when the, the when they do decide to get a divorce or break up, like, the man Whole, whole different side of the you know, town, you know what I'm saying? And it's not out of like they don't want to be close, it's just out of like, dude, this is the way it gotta be. But due to the fact that Kanye is a billionaire and he has the, the ability to do it, he said, you know what, I'm gonna do it. What's stopping me? Not money's not stopping me, like nothing, like people aren't gonna stop me, like Tabloid's gonna say what they're gonna say. I'm gonna do what I want. I'm already, they already think I'm crazy. It's like you said in that in that uh, interview, like y'all, y'all thought I was crazy before. I'm a billionaire now. This is the stuff that he's doing to tell you, like, I'm going to do things that you can't do, that you're hey, going to question and call crazy. Shout out to Kanye. He was just in Houston a couple of weeks ago, too, man. He was, you know, <laughs> with a, a lovely... Hey, I was soft walking all of them. I, uh, um, I think Kanye has a lot of... I think Kanye is very colorful with his wording. I think he, he dresses up his BS ever so eloquently. Um, the whole buying a house next door to Kim and Darnell, you know, being a Kanye stand, but also being a father and being able to imagine what they would be like to not be able to, you know, last of a dying breed. Yeah, with you and me, baby. Last man. Who <laughs> uh, out to the creed? But nah, um, you next though. Uh, <laughs> 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 but no, uh, yo, so you just said 
And y'all, let, let me let me walk through it. Don't interrupt me. You just said this is him embracing and going through a divorce, getting on songs with dudes who talked about having sex with his wife. Yeah, I I I gotta side with E on this one. That's <laughs> that's insane. And then, but this that's also the same dude who who referenced Kanye losing his mom in a very respectful way and, you know, gave an olive branch to Wayne saying, we can share uh, Mother's Now, something remnant of that line with the... Uh, I don't know what that bar was, paying homage to his mother. Bro, how many rappers don't talk about Kim K, bro? Come on. I know... Okay, you can't I do songs with nobody. I understand it, Isaac. I understand it, but I think I I'd like to believe. I like to believe, and maybe it's no holds barred in the rap because that's just what it is. I mean, we know what Biggie said. I mean, Pac said about faith, but I like to believe there's a universal code to a degree. Then, like the wifey, the wifey is off limits and so and so i seen this song i seen it being posted on youtube for the most part two years ago two years ago two years ago two years ago so if they've been married for eight years and this song came out two years ago and they six years into their marriage like you like i don't know if the marriage was blissful at, or not back then but like a dude come out of the blue with a song Viewers, I'll beat this out. I held Kim Kardashian by her throat. I made her swallow my kids until she choked. I should apologize because Jay, my folks. I'm just to go double back and do a track with the same dude because I'm going celebrating and I'm like embracing my divorce. Like, like that, come on, bro. And time too. The bar was actually not even an apology. It was actually a, it was a game. It was a game style apology, actually. Hurt people. Family enough. Hurt people. It was a game style apology. Kanye is hurting outwardly to the public right now. It wasn't a good one. And he chose a horrible person to get on the song with. The game is not relevant at all. But <laughs> hey. Yo, you know, Kanye West feel like if he hop on anybody's song, he's relevant. So I think Kanye be full of it. Uh 90%. I give him 85%. I think Kanye be full of it 85% of the time. And when and he pulls the wolves over people's eyes with a gospel album and he's struggling mentally. That's what I think. And you get a house across the street from your, your wife. And you claim that y'all in your song that y'all going through a blissful divorce. But for whatever random reason, you don't have access or address to her birthday party. Like, I don't like some minutia is like kind of out of whack there for me. I get it, custody. I don't know if it's a custody battle. I don't know if Kim got her time, then Gay supposed to have his time, and that day wasn't his time to be with the dog. I don't know. But it's yeah, 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 be full of it, bro. And he 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 gets the sympathy call. I mean, and at this point in time, at this point in time, it wasn't religion 
or an album, he used his daughter for attention. You know, and people like, bro, what is his daughter? Bro, he, I'm pretty sure like he knew who was gonna be there. Like, you can't like tell me. You, I mean, it's possible. I'm not ruling it out. But, but what like, what they the he said, try to put him in a crazy house. Say what? Them same people at this birthday party that he stressed that, you know, these people try to put him in a crazy house, bro, tried to literally have this man in a psych ward, you know, trying to strip him and take him away from his kids. They, did, do you remember when Kane went on that rant on Twitter like a year or two ago and he was talking about, nah, I'm going to be in my daughter's life. North ain't going to grow up like and be no fucking Instagram model and all this other shit and he started saying a whole bunch of, hey, man, look, I'm just telling you what this man said. <laughs> but I, I felt the spirit of what he was saying. Like, he wanted to be an active father in all of his kids, like, to steer them and have that fatherly influence because that makes a huge difference, man, having a father figure in the household. And like you percent which I highly co-sign. Yeah, man, because I... And single parent household until I was like 19 years old. Shout out to my stepdad, freaking legend, man. Love that dog. But yeah, man, it's it's it. That's real, bro. It's you can as a kid just growing up and me experiencing it, bro. It's it's a world of difference between having one parent in the household and then you having like a father figure in the house with you. It's like it's just it's it's a different kind of dynamic. With that being said, Pete Davidson, father figure, come on. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah, I don't want that to be my fucking kid. trying to be off-rip, off-rip. He's just trying to get his <laughs> ex-wife. He might be trying to be in their life, too, though. Hey. He was at the party. I'm gonna squabble, bro. I ain't it ain't the best image, is what I'm saying. I'll be like, hey, bro, I can come talk to you. a father that cares, that ain't the best image. That's Kanye just mad, bro. He just mad. He, Kanye just got money for us to highlight his ain't. We all do the same up. thing when we mad, bro. Yeah. It's just Kanye's a billionaire, so he can be petty like, oh, no, I'm gonna get them. I'm gonna get the house right across the street. I ain't going nowhere. So you gonna have to. Hey, you and Pete don't have to. You know what I mean? And guess what? I'm, I'm gonna find a house over there too. I can I can stay being petty because I got money too. What you wanna do? Right. And this breakup is not gonna be you finna break up with Kanye, like don't let That's me find out because I'm putting it I in think, a song. I think Yay's ego is is more <laughs> hurt than anything in regards to Yeah, he's mad. He, I don't know if this is recently, but Pete Davidson, I seen on the gram, he had on a hat that said, make Kanye West 2006 again. So I don't know if that was recently. If it was, beautiful shot by Pete Davidson. But yeah. Hey, it is what it is. And Kanye, he really, because Kanye has a cult-like following. Like, like how Charlamagne said some shit about Lil' Kim, and he was on the street. And a random he never seen was like, hey, you talk about Lil' Kim? That that type of following, and he he wrong for that. And he know that this and Pete Davidson, they'll be like, oh, uh, Pete Davidson, you know what I'm saying? Remember Kanye? Yeah. So 
Pete Davidson, like, we and been they, they talk to follow. Bro. You talking about, you know, I want, I'm on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you see those yeah, niggas right. in the studio? What the, bro, what does Pete Davidson do, bro? What is he famous for? Nothing. He's a comedian. I follow Pete Davidson, so I can't say nothing. <laughs> Yeah, comedian. I mean, you, I mean, you pretty. Oh, yeah, you, uh, you, you, you got got words for you at this point. You, you ain't, you ain't a nobody if you on Saturday Night Live. Like, yeah. brother. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, what really is you know what I'm saying Saturday is Night Live. people don't. He one hundred though. He be People don't really take off from Saturday. Like you gotta like start other places. In order to get on Saturday Night Live, you see what I'm saying? Like, I did not know Pete Davidson existed prior to Saturday Night Live, and honestly, this may be insensitive, but I did not know him as well in regards. He didn't he didn't get a lot of media notoriety until um, you know he had like you know the suicide day. Them breaking up, so Kim Kardashian is dealing with a couple of things that's just volatile of women, quite yeah, honestly. He also, too, he lost his pops in a 9 11. I believe his dad was like a firefighter or something. Ah, yeah, so, like, you know, I mean, and he, he has stand up specials talking about that and so on and so forth. But, yeah, bro, Kanye, like, that's see. When you got money, you can go against codes that we as black people go with because, like. I'm you never, I don't care. Real niggas don't go at you. go at your chick. You say something to your chick. You don't never say nothing to the it's a player. <laughs> you don't never say nothing to the you don't say nothing about him. Yeah, because like what you beat Never let his brand come out your mouth, fam. Kim still gonna give him ice for his wound if he black his eye and you'll... And you know what everybody did like... when you did that song? Like the so football gonna going to give the floor to sedation for all of our cowboy supporters and listeners of the podcast. Y'all took a hard blow, man. Lose 23-17 against the 49ers. Uh, I won't unpack it. All I will say is Dak had a QBR of 27 and uh sedatious. The funny thing, so sedatious, who sedatious believes in is the cowboys. They lost in the first round of a wild card weekend. Who Sedacious doesn't believe in? Josh Allen. <laughs> right on cue. Dude, what's coming? <laughs> but we'll what's start. Uh, don't interrupt Sedacious. Sedacious, the fourth yard, start with the Cowboys. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> um, I want to go on record saying that I said this kind of like in the middle of the season. And I just Dak Prescott is just a scared little explicit words here, bro. It's just I'm sorry. It's just I, that ankle, bro. I guess something about seeing your ankle go the opposite way that 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 make you not the same QB. You know what I mean? Like I seen it happen with Tony Romo. It's just like after that first back injury, he never really was. I'm sorry, neck injury. He wasn't the same after that, and it didn't matter what hurt him. So, I blame it on Dak. I ain't going to lie. Um, that's it, man. Just didn't step up. 
we paid him his money, and and also the defense couldn't stop the run. Yeah, I'm about to say I, <laughs> that's a recipe for disaster if your defense can't stop it and your offense can't score. And I'm 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 surprised that we lost by as little as we did with how well we stunk. That was uh, my question to you about that is they start or even that right started off very hot the beginning of the season. And he's like, damn, that boy gonna come back and try to take the MVP. And so obviously the season is 17 games long. It's not just six games, uh, six game stretch. Considering what everybody saw in the beginning of the season with Dak and what everybody was saying, at that point in time, there was no injury or ankle talk. It was just like, oh, fam, like supremely healthy and he ready to go and he's like firing on all cylinders. So for you as a Cowboys fan, having that hot start, when does it go from, oh, he's healthy and he's up to par to, well, maybe it's the ankle now all of a sudden. Because mind you, he still threw for over 45 or four, at least 4,000 yards. And you got Omari and you got CD both with 1,000 yards. So, I mean, are you just trying to give him some cushion to find something to lean on him? Like, maybe it's the ankle or, like, what? No, Dak Prescott, for me, has always been a double threat. You would say I always felt like he threw it good enough and he was a mobile quarterback. Dak Prescott was in no way mobile this whole season. You know what I mean? And so I feel like that, him being able to win physical games, when teams that are physical and, like, they're stopping the run, like, now we got to do something else. You know what I mean? And, Dak, you are not Tom Brady where you can sit back there untouched and then just pick the defense off. You know what I'm saying? Your old line, they ain't, you know, they're going to break down on you. You only got so long to make a decision. And then you take too long before you break away or decide that you want to try to extend the play, and then we get a sack. You know what I'm saying? We go from third and five to, like, fourth and 15 because you think you're Tom Brady when really – a part of your game, the part of the reason why you were a threat the way you were was not because of just your arm. It was because you could extend plays or you could pick up first down with your legs. And it was like that decision to be a mobile quarterback, it was like he decided, no, I'm not going to do that. If we can't win with scheme and me figuring out defenses and figuring out the holes and the run game, then we're not going to win with me being mobile. And that's why I feel like that, he ain't the same. Um, um, to he ain't the same because he just, it actually takes away from his game. I was going to say to, to kind of piggyback off that a little bit, I, I would give that a little bit of grace due to the fact that Joe Burrow just got off a catastrophic knee as well. And Joe Burrow, as we all can, I think, universally agree on, he was definitely mobile coming out of college, right? Joe Burrow um, he definitely used his legs in order to get out of a lot of trouble, more athletic than, you know, um, the average quarterback, most definitely. And then him being white, this is Joe Burrow I'm talking about. Um, you, you know, but when he suffered the knee injury, um, if you look at Joe Burrow's rushing yards this year, they're significantly down, not because... He doesn't have the confidence, but it kind of takes 
more than a year for you to kind of get back and be your normal self, right? So I would say if Dak Prescott isn't moving around, you know, this time next year, you know, as he did a couple years, you know, before, then, yeah, I think you would have some validity to your conversation. But I think it's a credit to what you're saying on why the Cowboys lost. Debo Samuel and Elijah Mitchell had their way, along with that O-line. Um, I think that O-line was able to uh, dominate uh, the point of attack and dominate the line of scrimmage with the run game. And I think from there, the 49ers had that team, right, to where if they get up on you, it's a recipe for disaster because they, at that point, they're going to play keep away, right? Because they can run the ball so good, um, they're going to play the time of possession game with you, and which I believe, if I look at the numbers uh, from Sunday, they definitely dominated uh, time of possession against the Cowboys. The Cowboys were really trying to struggle to find a rhythm all night due to the fact they got down early too quick. So, Dacious, uh, are you giving that more time? Are you tried and true to that being your quarterback? Or you, have you decided to disown the Cowboys? Like, where are you at in terms of your – Oh, life? no, never that, man. I'm uh, I'm dying with the boys. It sucks, but it is what it is. It's a for-life thing. It's sad to say I'm used to this. You know what I mean? I'm going to get over it pretty quickly. Not as quickly – as normal games, because this was the playoffs and we did have somewhat of a shot. But, yeah, I'm still around with him. As it comes to Dak, bro, either you're going to get your film study up and you're going to get to the Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers type, or you need to find a way to be able to work your legs back into your game, man, because nobody's scared of you just throwing the ball. I'm sorry, Dak. I, I love you, but I'm here to tell you, bro, like, I'm play, if I'm playing defense, I'm not scared of you just sitting back there trying to attack me. You have to make me feel like I have to cheat up forward for you to get that reactive play off me. And that's it. Other than that, you know, I can stop Zeke. You know, I can stop Pollard, and that's it. You ain't going to – you're not just going to just laser us off the field. Pollard may need to be RB1 next year, but that's another conversation for another day. How do y'all – it's a lot I want to unpack, and I, but I want to get to a lot uh, with, uh, the, with, the, with the Bills and the Cardinals. But ball on the 41, 14 seconds left. Ball near midfield on the 41. Quarterback draw. What are your thoughts on that sedation and how that unfolded? I thought it was horrible. Yeah, I thought it was just, I don't know, just a brave fart or something. I don't know how you don't know that you're not going to be able to get tackled, get up, and have the referee spot the ball to run a play. It's just how you don't know that. But it is what it is, bro. The I Cowboys do. always want to decide to fight when it's too late. And, you know, hey. But it not be, well, I'm sorry. I know you was trying to chime, chime in on there. Just real quick. Nah, well, I think the Coach Press Triangle. You got it, bro. I made the cup. I made the coach press triangle. That's all I was gonna say. Oh, <laughs> the coach press. <laughs> <laughs> I made the coach press triangle. Like I meant to press square. I press triangle. Wrong play. Nah, real. You're trying to run the area up on the man and throw around. Yeah, exactly. Nah, <laughs> exactly. but 
Dak is smarter than that, but I mean, come on. Mike McCarthy, notoriously known for not being able to manage a game. And you marry that with, hey, you know, this is the Cowboys culture. You marry that with, you know, Dak coming out the gruesome ankle injury and sprinkle a little bit of Cowboys in there and there you go. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of angel dust, a little bit of Cowboys yeah, dust. Man. Blue man, magic. Boy, getting booted right up out of there, man. But uh, don't worry. Aaron Rodgers will uh, will have his revenge for you for you cowboy uh, fanboys out there. So yeah, uh, we'll wait today to come back before we get on. Uh, oh, Joshy Josh, bro, what happened with the cards? Is uh, um, in my defense, bro, I actually I know you. To say, oh, I, I did say I wanted to pick the Rams to win. I had in my heart because I did say. If DeAndre Hopkins, you said, I that, say, you said that exact those exact words. You're right, you're right. I said if DeAndre did not play, I said it's gonna be a long day for the Cardinals, and I do see them losing if DeAndre it doesn't play. And the reason I said that is because one, I know for a fact Jalen Ramsey was gonna travel with DeAndre wherever he went, right? So he's gonna take that best cover guy that the Rams have back there as opposed to him being on arguably the best receiver in the league, you got him on Ooh, Christian Kirk, A.J. Green got hurt for a little while. Come on, bro. That's clamps. That's like straight jacket, bro. You, That's a recipe for fucking disaster. Like, for the Cardinals standpoint, because you think about it, aside from, you know, A.J. Green had his, you know, eight-year run being the number one receiver in Cincinnati, but outside of that, man, Cardinals don't have a definitive number one, so Jalen Ramsey is literally having a field day. He don't have to travel with nobody. Mm-hmm. And you you marry that with Von Miller on the edge and Aaron Donald just being a bully, quite literally, on the field. Come on, man. Cardinals couldn't do Cardinals yeah. couldn't do a damn thing, bro. Yeah, no, you for sure said um you you for sure said you had the Rams. Oh, I definitely, I if uh, if if Hot wasn't playing, I would definitely remember you saying that. But I had to ride it out with him because I did pick the Cardinals to go yeah, to the yeah. so, But I had to get in the cross. Yeah, yeah, man. Nah. Tough day for my Cardinals, man. Nation's running from this uh, Josh Allen uh, talk, but uh, so coming up in the division around, uh, I can get y'all picks. If you want to wait on it, that's fine. But Bengals, Titans. That may, may possibly be a shootout. That's a great – that's going to be a great game. I don't think it's going to be a shootout, bro, because you got to think about it. Derrick Henry is back. But we don't know how he's going to look exactly. True. But if he look anything like this nigga like, used to look, if he look like they gonna be playing keep away, bro. Yeah, if he look like him now, <laughs> bro. But the thing about it is, we go out. Julio Jones is healthy; he's playing. So we go out and get Julio Jones in the offseason. If we gotta have a shootout now, we kind of got the horses to do so. Theoretically speaking, with AJ Brown and Julio Jones, you essentially have two number one receivers on your football team which is a great luxury to have. But 
and that's going to be a great game, I'm going to get a slight edge. I'm going to get a slight edge to the Bengals because there's something to be said about being hot going into the playoffs. And I just think the Bengals offensively have just been in a rare rhythm. And I don't give a damn who we've been on. You look up the numbers, pro football focus. Jamar Chase has been arguably the best receiver against single coverage all year. If he's <laughs> single covered, Jamar Chase is winning 95% of the time. No, I simply, I solely picked the Bengals, like you said. I was just like, they too hot not to beat the Raiders. I don't care what the Raiders would have been. I'm like, even if they was going against, well, I don't know if they could have been going against the Even if they was going against, like, a top team, I remember, like, you know, it's kind of hot to, to burn anybody right now. And, no, and you know what's going to be a good game? The Bengals and the Chiefs for the AFC Championship. But I'm going to go take the Chiefs, bro, because I just, bro, I, I, I tell people this every year I've seen it, bro. I've yet to see anything like Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, bro. I don't know what it is. Every time this man gets in the playoffs, he throwing for seven touchdowns and 500 yards. Like, and, you know, wild card weekend was no different. Like, did we expect anything different from Patrick Mahomes? I knew they was going to beat the out of the Steelers, but I didn't know that they was going to embarrass them and it not be a game by the third. Like, literally, it wasn't even a game by, like, what, really, end of the second quarter, beginning of the third, she was really over. They scored five touchdowns in the time of 11 minutes. Yes, bro, back-to-back. Back. Like, <laughs> just think about an offense that keep going out there and, and they scoring every drive they go down, yeah, every single time. Not getting no risk. That's breaking controller level. That's breaking <laughs> like that's breaking that will and the spirit of your defense because it's like, bro, we can't stop these. <laughs> slowing down. And they know we can't stop them. It's possibly Ben's last game. And then Tyreek Hill channeling his uh inner TO grabbing the pom-poms on the sideline with this. Darnell, who you got? Bengals or Titans? Bengals and Titans. I don't like Tannehill. Bengals. Just straight like that. Like, he don't like how, how – they don't like Josh Allen. I don't like Tannehill. So, you got the Bills like or that. you got Kansas City, though, I got who? The Bills or Kansas City. Hmm. Versus hotter. Uh, I'm going Kansas City. KC. You got the Niners, or you got you got uh, Mr. Soap. Who you say is going to soak this season? You got the Niners, or you got A. Rod and the Pats. Uh, 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 I'll take the Pats. Okay. <laughs> who, who you said? I'm gonna take the stash. Okay, A. Rod. Yeah, we're going. Yeah, that one game was a fluke. That was all. Um, who you got? Remember, hey man, run it down. Chiefs over the Bills, Bengals over the Titans, Packers over the uh uh don't tell me uh over the Niners, um and then I got I'm gonna y'all up. Don't do it, bro. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm I ain't mad the, at you if you do, cause it's respectful. I'm gonna take the Bucks, and the reason why is okay. And the reason why, but I was this close to picking the Rams. Bro, I have not seen anything like 
the Tampa Bay Buccaneers run defense, bro. It is something to behold. It's almost like watching poetry, bro. Because I'm like a real football player at heart, like I don't mind watching good defense. Like, bro, their linebackers and D-line is so elite, bro. And they have so much speed on the field. It, it reminded me of shit when I was watching the Rams. Uh, the, the, it reminded me of that. I'm like, damn, they look like the, the Bucks out here <laughs> flying around. But I'm going to give a slight edge to, to, to the Buccaneers just strictly off of their defense. I feel like they're going to be able to stop what the Rams want to do because the Rams, believe it or not, with Cam Akers returning, they want to run the ball and they want to set up the play action with Cup and Odell off of that. And I think if, if they can stop the run, which I know they're going to be able to do, they've been a number one run defense all year in football. If they're able to stop the run, it's going to force Matthew Stafford to, hey, go get in a shootout with Tom Brady. And I just don't think he's going to be efficient enough. I think it's going to warrant some some wayward throws. And I think the Bucks, you can see the Bucks getting out of there 31-27. 34 27 bucks. Yeah, no, the uh, the Bengals. Well, I know the Bills played the Chiefs earlier this season and they beat the uh, Chiefs. Um, the Rams Not again. earlier this season as well. I can't remember if it was the Bengals or the Titans, or I want to say maybe the Niners beat Green Bay earlier this season. Uh, I ain't gonna lie. Bro, did y'all see Jimmy Garoppolo's eyes in the fourth quarter, bro? Like the camera started cutting to that man, bro. When when scared, if scared was a person, like dude was seeing like double out there, and it's like every time he get in the fourth quarter, bro, he just throw a pick in the playoffs. It's like he can't help himself. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo, he's like. Hey, and like, like, he's gonna throw one. Like, Pookie, he's calling me, man. The picks be calling me. <laughs> like, to the point to where it's like unreal. And you can see it on Kyle Shanahan's face. Kyle Shanahan, like, I know that he's not trying his hardest to get his game away. And you can see it in the play calling. Yep, we handed the ball off, nigga. Yeah, you want to pass it to Debo? Yeah, we heard you. Uh, Debo, get that running back. want to get the ball so bad. Get that running back, Debo. We're going to give you a long handoff, son. <laughs> we not trusting you through the air because you will literally shatter our hopes and dreams, bro. Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance is definitely the future there in San Fran, but I think it's going to be a matchup again. Um, A-Rod versus Tom, NFC Championship, and then you got old young JB, young Joe versus... Uh, uh, versus uh, uh tournament. It's gonna be good. Who you got? Bucks or the Rams? Damn, I don't know why I keep going against Tom Brady, but I'm going with the Rams, man. Damn. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. You want to put money on that, brother? Kind of do, but I kind of. Uh... Sedacious, sedacious. Uh, like cool baby, Cool 10 to 20 piece if you want it. Um, exactly. You know, the, the, who are the Titans? Bengals okay. Or the Titans. I got to go with old Joe, man. 
He's saying, oh, Joe, like this. Niners or Green Bay? Yeah, 24. Oh, no, you know I'm going Green Bay. Not the Niners. Rams or the Bucks? I'm going to go Buccaneers, man. Got to. I can't. I can't pick against the old man. I just can't do it. They lost too much money to Lost too much money to Oh, we know who you're picking in. Come on. Who? <laughs> Bills or Kansas oh. City? Or the Chiefs? Bills or the Chiefs, man? Don't say that. Oh, hang up right now. <laughs> I'm going to have to go with Kansas City. Oh, I'm about to say. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to be like, make me show you today. So, uh, Coach Johnson, he's not on, obviously, but I, I got him penciled down for the Bills for sure because we all know he's rooting against the Chiefs' failure in the playoffs. But I don't well, I know where they wait. But I can't, I can't wait till they get out there and they just – and Patrick Mahomes just lighting it up again, bro, honestly, because – I was watching the Bucks play yesterday. Oh, not the Bucks. Uh, the Rams go up against Arizona, and I was just like – Okay, they beat them earlier this year. Okay, but I just I channeled my basketballism into inside the gridiron, and I just think about the legendary quote from the legendary Mark Jackson. It's like, great offense beats great defense any day of the week. And so, uh, even if it didn't, I was still gonna ride out on that Tom Brady Hill. <laughs> Hey, boy, that ain't no bad year to down. You know, so, uh, so I definitely got the Bucks over the Rams. I got Green Bay over the Niners. I got Kansas City over the Bills. And I think I'm going to go with Jody Joe, man. I think I'm going to go with Jody Joe, man. Um, Little Joey? <laughs> with Mike? <laughs> oh, but no, so sedacious. Over 300, over 300 yards. Five TDs, no INTs, 21 for 25. Do you yet believe or are you still not converted? No. <laughs> Why not, bro? Josh Adams. You are the Kanye. No, he don't. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, the defense put him in great. The defense is good, too. The defense is great as well. I mean, but like, is he? They haven't been that great this year. They've been putting this in favorable positions. They've been winning this the games. Uh, it's just not. It's it just not it for me. I mean, don't worry, bro. All that coming to an end this weekend anyway. Tell yeah. me. I don't. I mean, hey. If the Chiefs though, uh, if they let him break his chain and he extends plays with his legs, then yeah, you know we'll continue to say that Josh Allen is amazing. But they could come to an end. The Chiefs could be the team that puts the scheme together to show Brother. you who Josh Allen is. Brother, it ain't happening. They ain't beating the Chiefs. I don't I think ha I haven't seen it yet. The only who was able to beat Patrick in the playoffs is Tom. That's literally the only people we've seen. Like, literally. Dominant. It was Tom Brady, first time on the Patriots. And then it was, it was the NFC and was like, all right.
I'll see you in the bowl this time instead of the championship game. All right, bet. That's the only thing. Like, y'all do realize that, right? Patrick Mahomes has only lost to one person his entire NFL life in the playoffs. Well, did Matthew Judon play against the Bills? I don't remember seeing Matt Judon playing. Matt Judon plays for the Patriots. Patriots. Did he play against the Bills? Yeah, he played again. Okay. And got sent home by Allen. I just I don't remember Matt Judon playing, but okay. I just can't believe right? Yeah, he played D line. I just can't believe how Coach Johnson really. Sit up and hate on the bill. Like what? Like what? Like what? Honestly, was he gonna say? Like, come on, bro! Five touchdowns, four hundred yards. It really would have been more than that if they didn't want to run up the score. They really around could have had 50, 60. Low key. This, this probably wouldn't. Like, this would probably enhance Sedacious' reasoning for not believing. I mean, with Josh Allen, you got the Bills' number one ranked defense points per game. But Dacious, bro, okay, they play great defense. So they top 10 defense or whatever. They not throwing five touchdowns, though, bro, in the playoffs, bro. Well, I mean, I think I think the Buffalo Bills are the epitome of complimentary football. So, I mean. Okay. So, so is it that – is it that – it's not that you don't respect Josh Allen. You just don't respect him on a tier that everybody would try to deem him like an elite quarterback. And even if the Bills' defense was trash, Josh Allen would, would still carry the team. Is it just that you're not putting, putting him up there? But nonetheless, you respect him to be a decent enough quarterback that could win you a playoff game or two, or you just flat out not rocking with the belief of Josh Allen in any way to possibly win you a Super Bowl. No, um, I, I don't think you can put the team on Josh Allen's back. Sorry, defense, and they're going to get a, a Super Bowl. I just don't believe it. But then you would say, well, what 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 player could you do that with? And I actually saw that do that. His name is Peyton Manning. You know what I'm saying? We had to whack his defense around. Still a pretty okay defense, but defense wasn't that good. Then later on in Peyton Manning's career, he had a defense to drag him to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, like I said, complimentary football, um, middle, what, 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 how does Christian say it? Middle of the pack quarterback? Yeah. Yeah. So, and, I will say this. I will give the Josh Allen people this. I do feel like him and Dak Prescott might be neck and neck as far as their abilities. That's just my personal opinion. Some would give Josh Allen the head. That's cool. I ain't tripping on that. You get to do that because Josh Allen's still in the playoffs. But with, 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 with Dak not being able to run, with not, not running, yeah, you you know better than Josh Allen to me now. Unpopular opinion: Josh Allen is a better runner of the football than Dak Prescott. He's more. Well, now he is because injured. No, it was pre-injury as well. No, it wasn't. He definitely okay. That's no. your Cowboy side of you coming out. I ain't gonna fight no. you. That it's never no Cowboy side of me coming out. Josh Allen. Could never was, was extend the play Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott faster, on his best day. On his best day, he can't extend the play. And, and Dot Mom. 
No, he just he just a tad bit bigger. So he runs through tackles. And faster. Well, well, hey, that's personal opinion. Personal uh, opinion for personal opinion, beautiful people. Of our picks will be posted for the divisional round coming up. You got the Bengals versus the Titans, the Bills versus the Chiefs, the 49ers versus the Green Bay Packers, as well as the Rams versus the Bucks. Earlier in the season, the Rams beat the Bucks, as well as earlier in the season, the Bills beat the Chiefs. And I could be wrong, but I also believe the Niners beat Green Bay earlier this season. Derrick Henry is expected to be back in the Bengals versus Titans game. The Titans have home field advantage. So we will see how Handall will be looking. And, yeah, like I said, you can follow us at Emacs Stats, at Shinehart Izzo, at Black underscore Peace. At Sedacious, at Live the Rapper, at Quaz the Motor, and get at us, get at us about our picks, our predictions. We're gonna keep keep on rocking like we've been rocking. As always, we do not take you beautiful people listening to us for granted. And we will be back next week with another great episode. This is the Respect the Game Podcast. We will see you beautiful people next week.